Nasicha on the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good morning. Welcome to the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and of course our Friday Nasiha. I'm Muhammad Zain Majid standing in for Aisha Latu this morning. Well, what a beautiful day. It is the day of Jumu'ah, alhamdulillah. And uh, something that we've been asking for for a long time, we had some beautiful and wonderful rain, alhamdulillah. So how more happy Happier can we be on this beautiful day, alhamdulillah. Well, uh, I will be in your company for the next hour, inshallah. Of course, Friday Nasiha and uh, this morning. Let me first tell you that last week we, uh, they spoke about uh, human rights in Islam and uh, the protection of religion. Now, this week, alhamdulillah, we focus on freedom in Islam and we have in studio, of course, uh, he needs no introduction, none other than Sheikh Irfan Abrams. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Mashallah, how's Sheikh keeping this morning? Very well, alhamdulillah, beautiful weather. Thank Allah over the rain. Alhamdulillah. Yes, Sheikh, uh, very interesting topic, freedom in Islam. Yeah, very, very interesting. Very interesting, yeah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, rabbil alamin, wabihin as-ta'alim. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi jwa'in. Freedom in Islam may differ to how the Western world look at freedom. When we hear and we see and we learn and we read about democracy and every country interprets its own democracy, the way they understand democracy, the way they implement democracy, may be totally different than we in South Africa. Like democracy has its limits, and I think everybody would agree with me, that even though we speak about democracy, there are limitations. Mm. Likewise, in Islam, <coughs> when we talk about freedom, there are also limitations. If we think that democracy means you can do anything and everything, then unfortunately we don't understand our own constitution. Yesterday, we need to look at democracy and we need to look at us as Muslims. Is a democracy that which is your right? If it is practiced, how close is that to your deen? What does Allah tell us about that democracy? Well, same-sex marriage, for example, is legal in the country. What does Allah says? Mm. So as a Muslim, you must ask, where will that take me to? To Jannah, to Jahannam. But you have the right. So many things, you have the right. <coughs> but what, is, what are the consequences of these rights? By Allah Ta'ala. Mm. Yes, maybe... You may implement that right here in this world because under the banner of democracy. But even with democracy in the country, you can't just do reckless things. There are limitations. Can will this country allow the very country that practice democracy? Will they allow a son to get married to his own mother? 
Will they allow a father to marry his own daughter? Is that, is, are mm. we in a kind of democracy? Mm. Now, why do they stop that? Because there are limitations. So there are guidelines towards democracy, but there are limitations. You have democracy, you are living in the country of democracy. You can't just go over the robot. My democratic right to go over a read robot. You might, you did wrong, so you have to face the consequences. You have to explain to the court how do you interpret it, how you interpret democracy. And what happens if you go over the red room and kill people? So it was a democracy. So democracy comes with responsibilities. Even though the freedom and democracy that we see, there must be limitations. So we are we are Muslims. And before we do anything, we ask ourselves, will this, will it take me to Jannah? Or will it take me to Jannah? If I do it, will Allah be pleased with me? Will the Rasulullah of Qiyamah, will he be pleased with me? And if you do not know, you consult the ulama. Those have knowledge of the deen of Allah to guide you. And if the sharia allows you and permits it, then it's permissible. That's what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said. Allah said in the Quran, وَمَا وَمَا أَتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنُّ فَأَنْتَوْ Whatever the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has ordered you with, Whatever instructed you to do, me and you don't have a choice. Oh. Whether you're a layman in the street, whether you're imam or sheikh or maulana, or whether you're a top official in the government, or even the president of a country, you can just do what you want to do. There are guidelines. So whatever Rasul ordered you, and do it, Allah says. Me and you ever, we don't have a choice. And that which he has prohibited you from. Stay clear from that. So even though Islam gives you that freedom, what becomes a responsibility? You can be irresponsible. You can say and do whatever you want to. So my point basically, my first part of our... <coughs> Introduction is that firstly, people's interpretation of freedom, people's interpretation of democracy. And in some countries, people are so oppressed, not even allowed to say anything. When they have been oppressed, they're not even allowed to say a word against the government. Or a minister, you will end up in jail. And those keys are thrown right in the deep part of the sea. That's how many countries are, especially the Arab countries. So, added to that is that when we look at 
as I said, democracy or freedom in the, in the limitations. In the time of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, there was a person, he used to speak so bad about people. Whoever can speak, but it's wrong. The integrity of people. And Sayyidina Umar imprisoned him. And he begged this Umar to consider, to consider his release for his children, small children, his family. And Sayyidina Umar looked and warned him, I'm going to allow you to be free. I'm going to give you freedom. But if you hurt the Muslimin with your tongue, then I'm going to cut out your tongue. And he behaved ever since he lived under the Khilafah of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala. So what I'm saying is that, yes, you're allowed to talk, tell people what you're doing wrong, etc. But you speak ill and bad of people. Then you are causing fitna. Hmm. You're causing havoc. You're causing animosity amongst people. And that is not Islam. As you go on, We'll share with the, with, the, with the visitors how important it is to protect your tongue, to respect other people's rights, to respect the dignity and honor of other people. So how can we say, well, you are free to say whatever you want to say? No. Freedom comes with consequences and responsibilities. Mm. The voice of uh, Sheikh Irfan Abrams here on uh, our Friday Nasiha uh, on the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And of course, our topic uh, this morning, freedom in Islam. And yes, then there's the other side of the scale, Sheikh. Uh, when when uh, non-Muslims look into Islam and they look at the way our women are beautifully dressed, then they think that we are oppressed. So in that regard, we understand the freedom that Islam has, no. but not in the way that they see it. Good. I listened to the program this morning, uh, early, I was uh, listening to the radio of uh, Voices of the Cape, and I uh, very, very attentive in my listening. And so sometimes I would, uh, you know, phone and listen. I don't think that was. Uh, sometimes listen now, people talk and what they say, then uh, one is very worried, very, very, very worried. There's nothing wrong to talk, there's nothing wrong to ask, but to attack people's integrity. Hmm. And as you correctly say, Islam teaches us to cover our bodies. Oh. A woman to cover her body. So she cannot be a fitna, a cause of major distraction for other men. But at the same time, it is their right. But the right of a Muslim, can she not wear a, well, she's a right to do what she wants to do, but with its consequences. Oh. Even your right as a, 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 your democratic right to wear whatever, however. But remember, you ask yourself, why did Islam order a woman to cover herself? So, said, so that she cannot be a distraction and pull strange men towards her. So we must not lose the principle. The principle is, and that's why we are a Muslim radio station, to give people 
Islamic guidance and directions. Before we criticize, before we look first, why does things happen? Why is so many crime in, the, in our communities? There are reasons for it. But yes, many a time, it's all the sickness of people. They don't care what they do, and they don't care how they do it. They don't care what they say, and that's why so many people today are in prison. Alhamdulillah, they're also human beings. They made mistakes. They must make tawbah, they must make istighfar. And I am in the prison at the moment. I'm teaching uh, in uh, Fuerberg prison, in, uh, in, um, in Portable, for the past 10 months. My first group of people in the Quran. My first group of prison inmates were in the Quran. Alhamdulillah, that was in medium B, and I'm now, now in medium A. They ask me, they don't want us to leave. Let me tell you something. I was there, I'm there 10 months. I have not, am I, and I know they are, they are listening to me. My brothers in the prison. I have not asked any one of them, any one of them, why are you here? Not one. Not my business. Not my business. But what I do is, we can guide them. Yeah. We can tell them, what you've done in the past is gone. It's finished. If it's wrong, you ask all the tawbah. You make istighfar. You change your life. And those whom you harm, you apologize to them. But the future, what you've done in the past is gone. But the future you can shape. You can decide what you want to be and what you want to do for the future. And you have the freedom. And you have the freedom to do that. And here where you are, you can become the best of people if you want to choose that particular way and road. So once again, yes, freedom in Islam, if you're irresponsible in that, misusing that freedom, then you must face the consequence of it. Like democracy. If you misuse that democracy, if it may be legal where you are today in the country, but you're going to meet Allah on the day of Qiyamah, and you're going to, Allah is going to ask you, why that, why that, why, oh Allah, I practice democracy. And that will be a destiny to find your jannah. May Allah protect him, Allah guide us. All our listeners, let me think, what can I do? Yes, you live in a country of democracy, but do the right things. Do the things you know that Allah Ta'ala wants. Do the things that you know that Rasulullah taught us. Do the things that you know our ulama, the sahaba has guided us on. And after this, I want to start with the hadith. A little bit lengthy, but we can talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. The voice there of uh, Sheikh Irfan Abrams and our topic uh, this morning on Friday Nasiha, freedom in Islam. We're going to pay the bills. When we come back, we continue with our Friday Nasiha. Friday Nasiha on the Voice of the Cape. Welcome back uh, to our Friday Nasih on 91.3 FM with myself, Muhammad Zain Majid, in for Aishalatu this morning. And of course, uh, if you've only tuned, just tuned in now, uh, we have uh, Sheikh Irfan Abrams in studio. And very interesting uh, topic that we're discussing this morning, that is, of course, freedom in Islam. And Sheikh has explained to us in the first segment uh, the different ways of freedom, of looking at freedom and looking at democracies, etc., etc. Uh, but Sheikh, yes, um, 
There's something also you 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 mentioned that you wanted to talk about hadith also, but this this one question which 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 I remember that the Prophet asked one of uh, asked his sahabas about, do you know uh, when is a man bankrupt? Like really, really bankrupt? He doesn't have nothing. Something to that effect. Oh, Allah, yes, that's very good, very good question. Um, firstly, we do again once understand. You have your freedom. Mm. Misusing it, there are consequences. Freedom can be done with irresponsibility, being irresponsible. That principle you must always understand. Okay. Number two, before I come to that hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Whatever I have prohibit you from, stay away. That doesn't say stay away as far as you can. Stay away, stay clear from it. My Nabi says, But those things which I have instructed you to do, then you do it to the best of your ability. Subhanallah. Now, best of your ability is in two ways. There are things which are fart. That you do as is. There is no compromise on that. Mm. And then there are other things. You have the choice. It's not fart. If you do it, Allah rewards you. And if you don't do it, you're not committing a sin. So when Nabi says, Sallallahu Alaihi what I've ordered you to do, then you do, you do it as, as far as you can, to the best of your ability. But remember, if you look at the, two, the first, the two hadith, you break, you break it up into two. You take the first one, the first one, with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says, whatever I've prohibited you, to, prohibited, prohibited you from, say clear, stay away from it. Nabi says, as far as you can. Mm. <laughs> say so clear from what I, have pro- what I have prohibited you from. Stay clear from it. But that which I order you to do, you do to the best of your ability. Meaning, that which is far, you must do. You have a choice. Mm. But there are things we never ordered or guided or instructed us to do or advised us to do. There, you have a choice. If you do it, you are being rewarded. If you don't do it, you don't commit, you're not committing a sin. Now, this fit very much in with our topic, freedom. But the hadith you referred to is that, and uh, the point of this hadith is also that you cannot say that I have the freedom to do what I want and say whatever I want. Because Democracy, as we've said, it clashes with the Quran and the Sunnah. Clashes. Contradicts the Quran and the Sunnah. You should know what the right things to do. Mm. And the right thing to do is to refrain. That's what makes this Ummah a unique Ummah. We adhere to the Quran <coughs> and we adhere to the Sunnah of Rasulullah to the best of our ability. So the hadith you talk about is very beautiful. 
I think that hadith is something I must learn and remember in my life. And likewise, all of us. And yes, you said so beautiful at the beginning. The Sahaba of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, O Messenger of Allah, no, no, sorry. The Nabi told the Sahaba, do you know what's a muflis? A muflis? A muflis someone is totally bankrupt. He basically lost everything. That's how we understand somebody who is bankrupt. So, so the, what is the response? The response was, O Messenger of Allah, somebody who is bankrupt somebody who does not have a dirham and a dinar. Hmm. Yes, absolutely nothing. Like we would say, it is a cent of tsunami. It doesn't have anything. It doesn't even have money to buy a bread. Now, where is the person bankrupt? You are bankrupt after you had. That's what, that's what you call, you, you went in, he's uh, totally bankrupt because he had and now he doesn't have anymore. So Rasulullah tells the Sahaba, yes, that's your understanding of somebody's bankrupt in this world. But should I tell you, who is somebody's bankrupt in the Akhirah? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, somebody who's bankrupt in the Akhirah is a person who has done so many good deeds. Well done. So many good deeds, as huge as the Mount Uhud. Meaning that you will come and appear on the day of Qiyamah with so many good deeds he has done. Fasting, Tahajjud Salah, Hajj and Umrah, all these things. So if you look at as a human being, look and judge by our eye. Subhanallah, that man has done a lot. Mm. But a person who is uh, who's bankrupt in the Akhirah is a person who appeared in front of Allah Ta'ala and he has done so many good deeds. So many. We cannot count so many deeds. As huge as Mount Uhud. But, but, he stole from that person. I used to pay him back. He cheated that person. Paid him back. He attacked the integrity of that person. Has to pay him back. He gossiped and backbited that person. Must pay him back. And so on and so on and so on. Has to pay back with his good deeds. And then, he has no more good deeds. The amount that's good in comparison, in comparison with Mount Uhud, so much his good deeds are. But no more, he paid all those people. But then there are still people that he must pay back for the wrong that he has done to people. The injustice he has done to people. The ills he has done to that people. So he has no more good deeds. What now? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Allah Ta'ala will instruct the Malaika take from take 
From what? The slow people you must give. Hmm. What do you think is the consequences? Allah. What do you think is the consequences? There is no more, no more good. He's got nothing to give. Then Allah will order to take from the bad deeds of this person and place it on him. The person that he's done injustice to. Yeah. Mm. And there's no more, no more, no more to give. Allah. And now it takes from the shortcomings of this person and pay back to him. Then Nabi Wasallam. He will have the heavy burden of people that he owes. That he owes. So Allah orders, take from those people's bad deeds and place it onto him. Give it to him. Until he's done. There is so many sins from the other people on his shoulders that he will be dragged to the fire of Jannah. He will be dragged to the fire of Jannah. So, freedom in Islam is there. But it comes with responsibility. It comes with accountability. If you think you are, you are free just to attack people's integrity, at slander people, don't care what to say about people, then you must know that they will come, that we will stand, in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And certainly, Sheikh, within that, there is such a great lesson. I mean, one Allah. of the lessons that I can take out, we can be in the masjid every day. We can have the longest of beards. We can greet people the most beautiful and all of those. But there's other things that we are not doing right. We are hurting other people. Allah, Allah. So it doesn't Allah. mean that we call ourselves a salih because we do everything that we're supposed to do. But that bad characteristic from us. It's going to count against us on the day of Qiyam. Definitely. In fact, no person should say it's a salih person. Hmm. If any person tells you a salih person, then you must start wondering. He himself said, because a person who is salih will never tell anybody is salih. And Sheikh, okay. just, a, just a one thing that you mentioned in the hadith about the backbiting. And that is such a common illness oh. in our community. As hijaykha were. Subhanallah. Let me tell you this quickly here. You touch on a very sensitive nerve. <laughs> but we need to address it. Because we are Muslims. Because we abide by the Quran and the Sunnah. And the lives of the Sahaba. You know, a person of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Oh, Messenger of Allah. Is as a person even responsible for that which you say? Is a person even responsible? For that which he utters, Nabi says, Oh Mu'adh, how could you ask me such a silly question? Nabi asked Mu'adh, Oh Mu'adh, how could you ask me such a silly question? Little meaning of the hadith, me when Nabi asked him that, ummuka ya Mu'adh, may your mother have lost you for asking me such a silly question. How dare you ask me that? Did you not know a person will be dragged on his face to the fire of Jahannam as a result of his tongue? Oh Mu'adh, did you not know that a person 
will be dragged to the fire of Jahannam because of Islam. Subhanallah. So you're 100% correct. We, all of us, all of us, as good as we are, as weak as we are, one principle, never attack the integrity of people. Alhamdulillah, Allah guide us. Excuse eczema. No, that's a good That's a biggest fitment. So yes, the issue of freedom in Islam. Yes, of course, in Islam there's freedom. When people are oppressed, when people are oppressed, that's the greatest injustice. And do not allow people to talk anything. Sometimes Muslim countries, wallahi, People are not even allowed to speak of deen. In certain countries, if you as a young man, they see you going to the massive of Fajr, they'll put you in prison. Wallahi laudim. That's the tyrant rulers and the oppressed rulers of the, of, of, in the, in the Arab and the Muslim world. When? Why are they afraid? And people they must learn to be criticized. To say, but you're doing this or whatever. But it can be done in a very responsible way. To write a letter, you can, whatever. But it shouldn't be done irresponsibly. And then, unfortunately, I haven't seen. So we have democracy, but sometimes our democracy goes very dangerous. Mm. But those who want to practice it, you have the freedom. And those which is obviously a content of Quran and the Sunnah, you should be mindful that one day you are going to that grave. You know, a man said to me yesterday, I'm in the Maqbara in Mowbray. There were 10 graves opened, waiting for people to come. Oh. said to me, Sheikh, as a man, you have to me, as I forget. And wallah, it's the truth. You don't know, you may be the next person. Oh. That one of that grave is prepared for you. And then what? Consequence of freedom. If you didn't apply it within the framework of the Sharia, in the framework of your deen, that's your first destination to Allah Ta'ala. When you meet Allah, when you're in the grave, the two angels come and ask you about your duty. Your duty is towards Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. What are you going to say? There's not a mother, not a father, no money, no friends, no husband, no wife. You alone in the dark cover. You alone in the dark cover. What can save you? Firstly, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And number two, the good deeds which you have done. So that's your companion. That is your companion. Your good deeds that you have done. Purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that will be your company until you meet Allah on the day of Qiyamah. Huh. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us. So do the right things to guide us to do what Allah ta'ala wants, even though in the country of democracy you're allowed to do it. But you should still know what is right and what is wrong, what is haram and what is halal, what is kufr and what is, what is, what is Islam. The voice of uh, Sheikh Irfan Abrams here on uh, Friday Nasiha 91.3 FM and our topic uh, this morning, Freedom in Islam. Uh, what we're going to do is pay the bills. When we come back, uh, we continue with Friday Nasiha.
Welcome back. We continue now with our Friday Nasiha in studio, Sheikh Irfan Abrams, to, uh, and our topic uh, this morning, freedom in Islam. But alhamdulillah, we have learned so much already uh, that's linked to that because you need to exercise your freedom, but there's limitations to that as well, Sheikh. Yes, we started with uh, talking about injustice, unfairness. Because it has consequences also. Freedom, you can oppress people. With freedom, you can wrong people. With democracy, you cannot go overboard and transgress the laws of Sharia. And you cannot use democracy to do wrong according to Islam. I remember I listened to a beautiful lecture one day and as Alim he says that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu went to visit one of his governors. When he came there he was warmly welcome because he's a Khalifa of the Muslimin. And uh, they made himself very comfortable. And Sna'umar observed the following. He was very worried about the high standard of food. One. He observed that the people, the people are instructed do this, do that, to do that. Come in. And we start eating. Other people stood and went some aside. Someone reminded him, never forget how we ate and what we ate the time of the Nabi Sallallahu Wasallam. In fact, one day, his daughter told him, our mother, the wife of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the daughter of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala ana Hafsa the good wife of Rasulullah she said to her father oh my father we have lived in a time now that so many wealth has came in the Muslim has so many wealth are you still walking with a thought full of patches in Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. And look at the food that you eat. You still eat the dry bread. With salt. And water. As a homeram. Look at his daughter. And he reminded her of the days of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. How we ate with the Nabi and what we ate with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. After he started crying, he started to cry. So my father, continue what you are busy with. That was Sina Umar. So coming back, Sina Umar tell this person, do you enslave people? 
Do you enslave people? While their mothers are given birth to them, when they, they are free. You enslave people. Whilst Allah, the mothers gave birth to him as free people. SubhanAllah. That was Muslim by him when a decade. How we treat people. How we subtly enslave people and oppress people. Allah, I've seen it. We've seen it. And he says to them, and since when do we eat? And those people wait to, wait to eat. SubhanAllah. It's not Allah commanded and instructed and he refused to eat and all those servants and people coming into it. Wallahi, wallahi, I have seen how people sit outside, wait until we are finishing, then they can eat. Allahu Akbar. You know, I am married almost 40 years. You ask any of my girls who worked for me, any one of them, for someone who still make contact with us. On E-days, they sit by my table and eat with me. And they dish whatever they want to dish. At night, every day, they dish what they want. Or something they won't want to dish, as my daughter dish with them. They eat what I eat. Wallahi, wallahi, swear Allah. Now the one that we tell them, now this cooked food that we made this morning, or this evening, is for us. This food of yes in, in, in the fridge, boom, that for you. Wallahi, never. Wallahi, never. They eat what we eat, and they drink what we drink. And if you're not at home eating lunch or whatever, you make for you what is in the fridge. Wallahi, wallahi. Is it there? This is a man here. Kijk maar binnen. Gaat ze dit Say, yeah, let's keep your sit maar binnen. Is it sit On e days? No. Many of them say, no, no. But he goes, maar binnen. Gaat ze dit maar binnen. As they're comfortable for. And this is how we should treat the people working. They don't enslave them and treat them like slaves, as if they are nothing. How will this be over? How will they ever get the mission of Islam? How will they ever get? Because they see, they see how they have been treated. We must be very careful. Even on our radio station, I can hear there are many Christian people listening to us. Many, I can hear, pick up. When request comes in and uh, non-Muslims give a comment on the radio, you can hear many Muslims. Many Christians are listening to us. So we must present the good Islam, the pure Islam, the perfect Islam. That's how we present ourselves. And uh, even when we talk on the radio, we must be conscious and careful. It doesn't matter how I just want to say and I just want to say whatever I want to say. There's a responsibility. Sometimes I frown. I hear certain things, subhanAllah. Just look what's going on. But inshallah, we as a radio station have been doing a good job for more than 20 years. We must continue guiding and advising. That's why our radio station is of the Cape. It's my radio station and your radio station and our radio station.
You must maintain a good image that you have in the world. The image of a good radio station. Sometimes you must look what's best, what is good for the radio. So alhamdulillah, this issue of injustice and oppressing people. It's a big sin, very big sin. Just a few minutes, I'll read it, translate it, and inshallah begins. Then we can end of inshallah. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu says in a hadith which Nabi says, which Nabi narrates from Allah Ta'ala, meaning it's not the Quran, it's called the Hadith al Qudsi. Mm. Hadith al Qudsi, which Allah Ta'ala informed the Nabi, talked to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi says, Allah says, in the Hadith al Qudsi of Allah says, Nabi says, Sahaba, Sahaba would say, the Nabi Salam says that Allah says, Hadith al Qudsi. That's not Quran. So you can't read Hadith al Qudsi in the Salah. <laughs> you can't do that. The Salah is Bafdil. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ibadi, Inni haramtu dhulm ala nafsi, Waja'altu baynakum muharrama. And Allah and Nabi says, Allah Ta'ala says, Oh my slaves, oh my slaves, human beings, even who they are, they are slaves from Allah Ta'ala. Allah's created him. Oh, you get a bad slave, good slave, pious slave, sinful slave, but we're all slaves, we're all slaves. Allah Ta'ala is a ma'bud. Allah alone deserves to be worshipped. So Allah is a, is a ma'bud. Allah is worshipped. Allah alone. That's why Allah is a ma'bud and we are the habit. We are the slaves. We are the abd. We are the ibad. Ibadullah. So Allah Ta'ala says, Oh my slaves. Oh my slaves. If you do wrong, Allah Ta'ala reminds you, You are my slave. Inni haramtu dhulma ala nafsi. I have made injustice and oppression I made haram upon myself. Allah says, I made haram upon me to do injustice, unfairness, and oppression, and oppress anybody. Allah says, Inni haram ala nafsi. I made injustice and unfairness. I made haram upon myself. Allah, and I made it prohibited amongst yourselves. So I don't. I mean haram upon me. So how can you make it halal upon you? By oppressing people. And treat people with unfairness and injustice. So I made it haram amongst all of you. All of you. You respect who you are. And you respect what you are. So don't let any one of you. To injustice to one another, and don't let any one of you oppress anyone else. So with this, with this we conclude, and as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us, we are a proud Muslim Ummah in this country. We are, um, we are, and the reality is, Muslims are the vast majority, not even five percent of the entire mm. population. But we can be a very proud Ummah. We can be. And we should uphold that beautiful teaching of Islam. Never let go of this. Never let go of that 
Because our parents reared as well. And the ulama, the past <coughs> and today, are rearing and teaching as well. We must uphold that proudness of South African Muslims, we are in Cape Town, specifically as Cape, Cape Townian Muslims. Alhamdulillah, we have the, we have the style. We don't live, live in animosity where Christian and non-Muslim brothers and sisters. It never happened in South yeah. Africa. We live in peace with intermarriages, not the way it should be, but the, the, it's going on, it's continuing, etc. But we are a very proud nation. We must preserve that. We must protect that. I have good relations with the non-Muslims. Intact with them in a dignified manner. Let them show them what Islam is, what the real Islam is, in order that Islam must flourish. And we as a Ummah, being a good example to this country and help in the building up of our country okay, and preserve and protect this beautiful deen of Allah Ta'ala which, yes, democracy has given us proudly. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Shukran indeed there to Sheikh Irfan Abrams uh, uh, for that beautiful nasikha, this Friday nasikha this morning. Uh, inshallah may we uh, take that and, and learn from it and take it, teach our children and understand the freedom that we have with limitations. Alhamdulillah. That was our topic this morning. Allah protect and guide you, Sheikh. Uh, you have a wonderful Friday, Jumma Mubarak, inshallah. And of course, we look forward to having you back in studio soon, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Friday Nasikha on The Voice of the Cape